everyone, and welcome to the SAP HCM Insights podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, the managing partner at Insight Consulting Partners and the moderator and host of this podcast. And today I'm excited. Uh, we have the uh, founders of Raven Intel with us, Bonnie Tinder and Michelle Davies. We're going to talk about um, their new firm and what it's all about. And um, our esteemed podcast colleague, Amy Grubb, is going to help me out with this one. Hey, Amy, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. Uh, <laughs> it has been a long week. Um, so, you know, sort of, you know, in general, as always, you can find our podcast at insightcp.com slash insights. You can subscribe to it on iTunes or Google Play or whatever podcast listening device you like. Um, and, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. So we're going to get right to it. So Bonnie and Michelle, welcome. It's good to have you here. It's great, to be, great here. to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, um, you know, tell us, you know, what is Raven Intel all about? Um, it's, it's an interesting name, and I, I've read up on how you, you chose the name, which would be interesting to hear about. But also, I'm, I'm curious, you know, just what is Raven Intel and what sort of value does it provide to customers and, and people in this, in this industry? Yeah, well, I, I can start with that. So Raven Intel is a free online community for HR customers to, to find, to hire, and review the best consulting partner for their cloud HCM project, whether that's SuccessFactors, Oracle, Workday, Cornerstone ServiceNow, or Ultimate Software. Any enterprise software um, HCM that uses a promo ecosystem. We have a full directory listing of certified partners qualified to do those projects. But more importantly, it's a resource that customers can go and look at the peer reviews for projects like theirs and get a better idea of the quality of a consulting firm before they actually hire them. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I when, when I was developing the the business and you know looking for a, a name, you know, this idea of Raven, uh, you know, is is a, a bird that really can provide or you know give customers a bird's eye view of what's actually happening happening in uh, you know in, in projects in in the enterprise world. And you know, I always I, I love the the TV show Game of Thrones, and I, so I. There's this phrase in that that show that's send a raven. And, and the raven is this messenger of truth between two allies. And quite honestly, that, that was really the metaphor that did it for me. This idea that, you know, raven can really be that, that, that messenger of information to customers who really seek the truth of, of what's going on in the marketplace. Got it. You know, I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. I'm so backwards. You gotta watch it. That's, That's what great. everyone says. That's what everyone says. I haven't either, Steve. So we might be the only two people on the planet. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I will. I will admit, I'm closer to you guys than to Bonnie as well. So <laughs> Don't that's okay. Worry. That's fine. So, um, so that is a, a really great service. You know, we've we've talked over the years about, um, you know, how do you find a consulting firm? How do you evaluate them? You know, and we've talked about the importance of due diligence, right, in selecting your consulting provider. 
because it makes such a difference in the quality of your implementation. Um, and so now it sounds like what you've done is you've sort of you, you've run with that and taken it as a business model to uh, provide to the whole community. And I, I think that's great. Um, so how did you get the idea to start this? I mean, was it listening to our podcast and hearing us just rant and rave about all of these things? <laughs> I, I doubt it. I doubt it. But I'm just curious, you know, because it is kind of specialized, right? I mean, it's HCM cloud implement, implementation partners. That's, you know, sort of specialized. So how did this come about? Yeah, well, you know, I've been in the HR tech industry for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, and to your point, I, I listened to, uh, you know, analysts as, as such as yourself and podcasts and Jarrett with the Wild West and, you know, just this constant stream of, um, you know, sort of projects gone awry and, you know, at the same time, I think to myself, you know, I can so easily find a restaurant, a great restaurant that I wouldn't have known about before. And I thought, you know, there has to be some way to fix all of these issues and help transparency. But by bringing in some modern technology that we use in the, you know, in the consumer world, like a Yelp or Uber, you know, and, and apply those, that sort of tool to try and fix this problem. And I think, you know, it's really the intersection of, you know, this idea of peer reviews and the the availability of information along with, um, you know, this this sort of directory of, of information that I think can can be a, a good solution and certainly benefit customers. Sure. So um, how do you get the data? I mean, how do you know that, um, you know, how do you get data from a customer on the quality of their implementation or what they think about their implementation partner. Yeah, so I'm going to turn that to Michelle, who's yeah handles all of uh, our research. Sure. Yeah, so Steve, we we uh, we get uh, reviews really in in one of two ways. We have spent a lot of time going directly to customers, uh, to people that we know have implemented. Um, one of these cloud HCM systems, uh, you know, we we are constantly tracking uh, pictures of go live cakes and reaching out to them directly and saying, you know, how did it go? Yeah. And um, so, so that's our primary method is really just, you know, grassroots reaching out to um, people involved in projects. And then our second route is that we have been uh, successful in kind of engaging some of the SIs themselves who are interested in having the voices of their customers heard. And so some we have some SIs who have um, encouraged us to get in touch with their customers directly to get reviews from them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, the customers can come forward with themselves or SIs can can recommend them to you. So, so that's good. Um, exactly. Do yeah. you, oh, sorry, I have a couple questions, sure. Steve, on that. So, um, do, like, what does it look like? Is it like a, is it an online survey with, you know, specific questions or do, do customers provide feedback um, kind of in narrative form? Like what, what does the review encompass? And um, I'd also be interested in like, how many reviews do you have, do you guys have so far? Yeah, so, so we have um, a combination of, of what you were talking about, which is that we have a series, um, and it is sort of an online questionnaire, so we have a series of, um, of questions that ask about things like, 
on time performance, uh, on budget performance, the how was the scoping, um, how was the quality of the consultants. And then we also have, um, we ask about uh, sort of in a more free form way, you know, what were the, the strengths of this partner? What were the lessons learned? What were the things that you wish you had known um, going into this? So we we give the the HR customer several different ways to sort of express themselves and really fill out that story. And on the question of how many we have, we have at this point about 125 reviews out on the site on ravenintel.com um, that that anyone can go and see what customers are saying about their implementation projects. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and it's across the industry. So success factors, workday, and the other you know enterprise uh, HCM packages. So we really feel like at this point we have a good representative sample um you know that's similar to the composition composition of the broader market as well right what's the um what's been the response of the customers that you've reached out to either um because you stalked their go live cakes (laughs) 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 or um the si's have kind of pointed them pointed you in their direction yeah i think you know um you know, with with any kind of approach like this, it can be hit or miss. But we definitely have found customers who are eager to tell their stories and have interesting stories to tell, and can kind of help us get at the nuance of um, you know what happened in the course of the of the project. We're we're not interested in looking for just a straight thumbs up or thumbs down. We want to understand kind of the hows and whys and 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 the the nuance. Right. Um, so, and I'll, and I'll say too, when we see a customer and meet with them and tell them about the concept, we I have every single customer who we have talked to has has said this is I wish I had this two years ago before I started my project. Right. One great customer that we talked to in Las Vegas this week, you know, just. At, you know, love the idea. He called it dope. We've never, we've never <laughs> had that before, but um, it was pretty neat. We are dope. We're happy uh, to be dope. <laughs> we are happy to be dope. Um, but you know, when as we're, a noun and an adjective, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but but you know, as we talk to customers that have gone through an implementation, we've never had a customer turn us down to write a review, right? It's, it's, they're able to be anonymous on the site. Now, Grant, we know exactly who's writing the review. We verify the authenticity of the, the person as well as the company um, before we would post anything. And every 100% of the reviews that we have on our site have been, been verified um, extensively by us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, so, so we never have had any customer turn us down in terms of, of writing review. Um, it's just, you know, we want to continue to get more of them. And, and as our site goes on and pe- more people know about us, you know, the, the information is going to be richer as, as we get more people writing reviews. So if anyone listening to this wants to uh, submit a review, I imagine they can go to your site and do the review there or contact you, right? Absolutely. They can go to ravenintel.com. There's a big button that says add review. Um, in fact, we will actually uh, 
give them a $15 amazon.com gift card mm-hmm. uh, for five minutes of their time. Awesome. That's great. So I'm curious then guys on, you know, every company has to make us money. If the, if this is free to the customers, then I mean, how do you make your money? Because, you know, this in the consulting industry, it's kind of a CD industry, honestly. And um, there's a lot of different ways that people make money that I think aren't very ethical. So I'm curious, what, how do you make the money and, and how, how can customers be assured that, um, you know, vendors aren't paying you a lot of money to say good things about them? Honestly, I mean, that's kind of, if I was a customer, that's what I would wonder about. Without question. And I think it's very important for us is that trust factor in our independent objectivity. Um, So uh, it is it is a free service to both HR customers and it's a free service for uh, SIs or consulting firms to be listed on the site and and also to have reviews. We offer an enhanced um, subscription model for SIs who want the deeper analytics about their reviews in comparison with industry benchmarks. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to that, we also, um, you know, make it easy for customers to engage with consulting firms. So submit their RFPs through the site will engage on their path, the best three to five firms, depending on the scope of what they have. And for the the uh, subscribing SIs, they would have access to those RFPs as well. So it would be okay. uh, a lead generation sort of uh, proposition. Nice, nice. So you mentioned industry benchmarks. I'm I'm curious, what have you found in the industry about um, you know customer satisfaction, the experience from customers? Um, you know, what are some of the uh, strengths and weaknesses of the industry and of the consulting uh, the SI community? Uh, you know, where do we need to improve and where are we doing well? Yeah, well, we just uh, published our first white paper, so a benchmark study on the state of HCM implementation, which you can also get from our website um, just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And as as an industry overall, uh, across all of these ecosystems, we find that customer satisfaction with their implementations is roughly on par with um, customer satisfaction with airlines. Yikes. So, um, yes, yes, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, that varies by ecosystem. but as a as an industry overall, it it has room. It ha- let's put it this way: it has room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we find that uh, one of the things, for example, that um, is bound to make a uh, a customer unhappy, for example, is a team, a consulting team, which which changes a lot, or which mm. is a, has different people than were promised. Yeah. So that's one very clear area that um, consulting firms, you know, it, it's it's tough to be in a professional services uh, industry, but that's one place we always see. If that happens, we know that that that's going to be a, a a not delighted customer. Mm. Yeah, the bait and switch, right? Here's here's exactly. the A team, but I deliver the C team. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that does happen a lot. You're right. Well, not for yeah. me and Amy, but it happens to other people. <laughs> not for me. No. 
I, I would say that, the other that, that really we've seen a lot, um, you know, of area for improvement is around scoping. And I think what we see is when there's a lot of change orders that are not the result of a change at the customer on the customer side, but, you know, the consulting firm having underscoped their work, you know, perhaps to get a lower price up front yes. or, you know, just a, a rushed process, which wasn't fully, um, it wasn't, wasn't, uh, you know, didn't do a good enough of the discovery process. Um, that's another hallmark of a customer who's going to be unhappy. And, and we see the NPS for, for those uh, those projects with multiple change orders also being very, very low. That's a personal pet peeve of mine as a implementation partner. So, because I, I do think a lot of um, <clears throat> partners out there will bid a fixed price with um, like very basic, um, very basic functionality configured, and then everything else is a change order. Yeah. And you know, as like part of my job as the head of this implementation partner is scoping and contracts. And personally, if if I have to issue a change order, um, I didn't do my job well enough. You know, I mean, aside from outside, you know, unforeseen circumstances that come up, but um, I see that a lot and I, I that completely agree that, you know, that's, it happens too frequently in our business. Um, so. Yeah. It, it does, Amy, and I, I've lost business because I've been too honest in the RFP responses. Um, and, but that's okay. I would rather um, sure not get it, right? Yeah. Than have a customer, right. not, you know, underbid it and come back for change orders. Um, right. That, that does happen a lot though. and. Yeah, um, I think part of the problem, though, is is the RFP process, and I'm, I'm not sure that RFPs are a good way to actually um, select a partner. I think it's part of the process, but you know, I think um, someone mentioned the discovery process, and I think that that is overlooked far too often. I mean, yeah, you really, I mean, the cu customers need to be more educated, I think, on, on what they're getting into. And, and as they get more educated on what they're getting into, then they're better able to both put together an RFP and also evaluate it. And um, I agree. I, and I think that's a big change between like on-premise and cloud solutions. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like, on you know, our, the RFP process might have worked a little bit better for, mm -hmm. you know, those large-scale uh, ERP implementations, even, you know, for HR. But you know, with cloud HR products, it, so much is just already there included. So like, from a functionality perspective. So mm -hmm. I think that there's very, there are a lot of truth for customers to understand that <clears throat> you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for um, the lowest cost, um, you really need to check, you know, check the scope of what you're getting um, because more than likely you're going to be presented with change orders. So, yep, exactly. I agree. It's a two-way. It's a two-way street. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, what have you found? Um, you know, so so Raven Intel is a, a new company, right? So, you know, some companies will be able to go to your site and get some information for selecting a, a an implementation partner. But, I mean, how do people find their implementation partners today? Have Have you done any research into that or any sort of Give any sort of stories or anecdotes about uh, how that happens today, because 
I think that it's it's not a very efficient or uh, effective process these days, my opinion. Not at all. And, you know, one of the things or, you know, ways to, to research the process, um, you know, I wrote a blog post about it. Um, what I learned as a secret shopper looking for HR services. I mean, the, the process today is is 20 years out of date. Um, and, you know, it's it, it requires that, you know, if, if a customer really wants an independent, objective view of the market, you know, the process is is absolutely varied. They'd have to go to 100 different places for information. And what we found in all of the reviews with our customers, one of the questions we asked is, you know, number one, how'd you find your partner? And number two, how many uh, competitive bids did you get? And in so many cases, you know, the customer either got the recommendation from their software sales rep and just went that direction, um, or, you know, they relied on the partner that they used for some other IT project and, you know, just figured since they had that relationship that that would automatically translate into a good HR experience for consulting. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, those are not the, the wisest decisions. And, um, you know, on the other hand, having gone through that secret shopper experience, I mean, it the, the process is so laborious if a customer did decide to do a lot of due diligence in the upfront that, you know, that the time factor um, just, you know, and, and having to explain themselves to multiple parties and go through the, the process is, is just really not very efficient. And so I think that the, the, the real value of Raven is that it's an, you know, it aggregates lots of different information together mm-hmm. and, streamlines it, it keeps it consistent, it allows the customer uh, and really the, the software salesperson too to accelerate that decision process because all of the information is at their fit, fingertips. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I think the the way that um, companies find their implementation partners are, you know, I, I've seen recommendations from the salesperson, which is kind of suspect sometimes, but that happens a lot. Um, oh yeah, and experiences with previous partners, right? But um, you know, your previous partner might not be proficient in the new technology that you're looking at now. And um, I always encourage customers to benchmark, right? Um, in the SAP space, we have ASUG, and you know, it's not as strong for the success factors community, but still, it's a it's a way for customers to network. And what I've found is that generally, customers are honest with each other. So if a consulting partner didn't work out for one, they would honestly tell that to someone else uh, with in confidence. Um, but again, I found that a lot of companies just they don't do that networking. There sometimes it's just their procurement department finds three or four vendors in the space, and that's where it goes. So. And and we also find anecdotally, at least, that you know people have you know signed on to to do a new software project, and then they're like oh, I guess, you know, we have to have someone actually do the implementation, you know, by, (laughs) you know, we got to find someone by Monday, you know, and, and it becomes this very last minute uh, afterthought. Um, So, you know, hopefully that will change, but even if it doesn't, here is a resource that in, in short order um, 
can can help them make that decision in a, in a way that's data based and objective and um, you know is based on on some some real real data from real customers. Yeah, it sounds like Raven is really a data driven company. You're looking at you know taking a lot of the bias out and, and collecting objective information, sort of standardized too, which I think is new. Um, so tell me about you know how how is Raven a, a data driven company and you know, it sounds like that's your foundation, but, you know, I'd like to hear more about how you guys think about that. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, this is Michelle. I'm, I've am i got a, a, a PhD. I'm a data scientist and an, econom an e economist. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, data is kind of the language that I speak. And so as we, uh, you know, and it, and and it's the the language I'm I'm comfortable speaking, and so I can take this this standardized data sets and think about you know ways to slice and dice them, and and think about what is really going on. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, you know I I can see that you know customers, you know the the things that that make the biggest difference in someone's uh, overall satisfaction are, um, you know, on budget performance, um, scoping and, and team. That's, mm -hmm. those are the things that are the biggest contributors, you know, are correlated the most strongly with, um, with a customer's NPS. And so, I mean, maybe that sounds obvious, but I, we can also now actually back that up with data. Mm -hmm. So, so we've mentioned NPS a couple of times. Let's talk about that for people who aren't familiar with it. So, Michelle, can you sort of explain NPS because I think that might be a new term for some people. Sure, sure. Sorry to be like throwing around uh, oh, sort okay. of insider terms. So, NPS is Net Promoter Score, and so um, what that is is based on if you ask a bunch of people, you know, one to ten, how do you like, you know, what's your customer satisfaction? Um, you you assign if someone answers with a nine or ten, you say, ah, those folks are really promoters mm -hmm. of of their of their software or of their SI. Um, people who are who give back a seven or eight, you say, ah, these folks are neutral. And anything below that, you you we call those detractors. Mm -hmm. And so um, a, a net promoter score or NPS is essentially the percentage of respondents um, who are negative. Um, minus the the num the percentage of respondents who are positive, and so okay. that way you can say, you know, does does do the bulk of the customers are the bulk of the customers promoters or are the bulk of the customers detractors? Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, you know, anything above a zero in that scale. Um, you know, it can, it ranges from negative 100 to 100. Anything above zero is good. Once you get into the range of 50 or 60, then you're talking really kind of um, world-class. Mm -hmm. um, we see, you know, we, we see a, a range um, across firms. We, we, we see, um, and we always say we can spot a, a good firm from a mile away with how open they are to providing customer reference names mm -hmm. for us to go out and talk to. There's some that you know, we you know finish a conversation with them, and you know, ten minutes later, we have twenty names that um, <laughs> say, "Go out and talk to these these folks." And um, you know, that sort of receptivity to me speaks volumes about the confidence in the work that they have versus other firms who will tell you a lot about their firm, but 
you know, when it, they, you ask them for uh, the, the customers you can go and talk to, um, let's just say they, you know, they're, they're slow in that process. Yeah. Not so eager. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Well, Bonnie and Michelle, thanks for joining us and, and, and talking about Raven Intel. Um, I'm, I'm excited that you guys, that you exist and that you're in the industry. Um, I have, I'm, I'm optimistic that you'll make a good positive difference, something that I've wanted to see for a long time. So uh, thank you. Congratulations and best wishes. I uh, hope, hope you're very successful with that. Thank you so much. Yep. Yeah, best wishes. Thanks for joining thanks. us today. It was really interesting. And, thanks, um, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Just a little bit of a recap. We mentioned Wild West once, and I think maybe Michelle said that, so you owe him a dollar. He's trademarked it, so he gets a dollar every time someone says that. So just, just follow up with him. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, and finally, uh, I would just encourage people to uh, download the white paper that Bonnie and Michelle talked about from their website. Um, I've, I've read it. It's, it's full of really good information interesting facts and things that are actually uh, usable. So encourage everyone to go do that. So Bonnie, Michelle, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And Amy, thanks as always again for joining in and, and helping us with a great podcast. Yeah, always fun. Right. Thank you. Thanks Thank guys. You. All right. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.